and verse 8 says this, But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated His own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us pray. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your sweet presence here this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that You'd anoint me now to preach Your Word with uh, the unction of heaven. God, in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we pray, Father, that Your your Word this morning would penetrate our hearts. God, that it would produce life in us. We pray this morning, if there be any here that are not truly saved, God, that have not truly come to know You, God, that today would be the day of salvation for them. Lord, we pray, Father, that You would be exalted and lifted up, Lord. Have Your way. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I'm going to start a new series this morning, simply titled Real Love, looking at the power of God's love upon this world. One of the things that's difficult about when you start talking about love is that we live in a culture that has redefined love. Robbie Zacharias, I believe that's who it was that said it said that when you can take a, a uh, nation's language and change it, you can destroy that language. And what he meant by that is simply the fact that if I'm using words that you think mean something else, then it's impossible to communicate. And we are living in that day and time where love no, matter, no longer means love. When uh, c- compassion takes on a different meaning. When being judgmental takes on a different meaning. And so what happens is, is a lot of times we'll preach on the love of God and then you hear that in the context of what you think love is. And in a day in society, can we be honest, when it's difficult to find love. When fathers are leaving homes and children are growing up fatherless and, 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 and we see pain and suffering and destruction and and, and, and divorce just as the norm of our society, we have lost sight of what love is and what it looks like. And so when you hear that God loves you, somehow it doesn't penetrate our mind and our heart. It doesn't, we, we don't even know what that means. We do not know how to love. And what I want to do over the next several weeks is I want to define what love really is. I want us to see what real love accomplishes. I want us to understand what the love of God looks like. Look at 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8. It says this, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. For God is love. That's one of the shortest and most precise statements about the love of God. About God Himself. Three simple words. God is love. It is His nature. It is what He is. He, it, if we are going to truly understand what love is, then we have to understand God. If we're going to understand God, we must understand love. By the time I'm done with this series, we're going to wrap it up and end in John chapter 13 and verse 34. But I want you to look at that passage for just a moment, John chapter 13 and verse 34, 
And then I'll get back to our text and preach this morning. John chapter 13 and verse 34. Jesus said this. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. You see, it wasn't a new commandment that we love one another. That, that had been a commandment from times of old. But Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Ultimately, that's the goal. Ultimately, that is the purpose that we learn to love others the same way that God has loved us. Can I tell you, we talked a few minutes earlier about our vision 2020 and about the future of the church and continuing to grow and continuing to reach people for Christ. Brothers and sisters, there is no way that that's going to be possible if we do not truly learn to love people the way that God loves people. If we do not learn how to take the love of God and, and, and get it out into a lost and dying world, ultimately that is what it's about. But in order for us to know how do I love like Jesus is loved, we're going to study how Christ has loved us. And today we're in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. And I want to preach to you on this simple thought, love the game changer. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible tells us that we can see the love of God in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. In order for us to really understand this statement, we have to understand what a sinner is. The word sin deals with, with transgressing against a holy God. It deals with breaking God's rules. Ultimately, sin is the reason this world is cursed. It is a disease that is born in us and it does not take many years. I would say it doesn't even take many months after birth before the disease of sin begins to work itself out of every single human being in the form of selfishness, in the form of me, 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 in the form of anger when I don't get my way, in the form of, of, of just pride and arrogance and, and all of these things that, that sin is the ultimate source of. The reason this world is so terrible, the reason there's so much pain, the reason there's so much destruction, the reason there's so much divorce, the reason there's so much hatred, the reason there's so much violence in our world, the reason there is war, the reason there is pain and suffering is because of one simple three-letter word. It is the word sin. But sin primarily deals with God. It means we have wronged God. It's not just that we've wronged each other. It's that we've wronged God. He is the moral lawgiver. He is the perfect righteous one. He is the one who is holy and just, who is sinless, who is so pure and so right and so loving that He cannot truly look upon sin. And the thing that this tells us is that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How can this be? How can a perfect and holy and loving and just God, how can a God who sees all things, who knows all things, who is aware of not only what we have done, but what we think, how can this God, who is just, 
who must do what is right. Look on a world of sinners. Look on a sinner like me. Look on a sinner like you. And yet do something in our favor. Love is the game changer. Because it is the equation that was, it is the thing thrown into the equation that none of us were ready for. It is the thing thrown into the equation that we had not expected. I'm here to tell you this morning that the love of God is a game changer. It is a game changer to the world. It is a game changer to you individually. It is a game changer to me personally. The love of God changes things. I want you to think for a moment. Imagine that your neighbor, you've lived next door to your neighbor for years. You've built a great relationship and you're, uh, you're, you have children. They have children and um, growing up together, you're, uh, you know, they, it's almost like they're family. And you come home one day and you pull up and you see the most awful thing that you ever want to see when you're pulling up home, and that is your, your next-door neighbor, their, their house is lined with the yellow police tape, and there's ambulances and cop cars there, and, and you know something terrible has happened. And you find out that during the day, their house was broken into. You find out that their 12-year-old daughter was at home because she was sick. They were at work. They found her shot through the back of the head, things stolen from the house, and it's just tragedy. They don't know who did it. They don't even have a suspect. And you and a few of the neighbors, you bond together with this family and you put in all your resources to say, we're going to find justice for this family and for this little girl. We're going to do whatever it takes to find who's guilty of this. There's a sense of terror and panic in the neighborhood as something like that has never happened. The question is, could it happen again? Is this person going to break into our home? Are my children safe? Are the neighbors safe? And, and, and your sense of safety, your sense of dignity, your sense of all that you knew has been ripped out from underneath of your feet. Your heart is broken for your neighbors. Your heart is broken for that family. And you want to do all that you can to help them get justice. To take whoever this wicked person was to find them and put them in prison for the rest of their life so that they could never do this to anybody else. And through months of all of your resources, through months of, of doing everything that you can and keeping to push this in front of the police force and, and continuing to make phone calls and doing everything you can to pull information together, finally there's a break in the case and the police department says, we have the person who did it. They have come in. They have confessed. Come quickly. And you come up to the police department and you walk into a room and there sitting in the chair is your son. And you say, what's he doing here? And he begins to weep. And you find out your son's the one that went in and did this awful crime. 
He didn't think anybody would be home. He was terrified people would find out. He didn't know what to do. He was embarrassed that this girl that just several years younger than him had looked at him as a role model growing up, did not know what to do in a moment of panic. He shot her hoping to cover up his evil crime. He couldn't take it anymore and he came in and he confessed. Now let me ask you the question. Now what do you do? You still want to put him away forever in prison? If you were thinking to yourself, that man needs the death penalty, are you ready to pull the lever on your own son? See, it's not that the crime is different. It's not that the severity of what happened changes. It's, it's not that it's any less evil, but all of a sudden there is another part of the equation you weren't ready to handle, and that is that the guilty party is somebody you love. You see, love is a game changer. And when God looked at us, and He looked at this world, He said, guilty. Every last one of them. There's none that does good. There's none that love me with their whole heart, with all of their strength. There is none that seeks me. Every man goes after the ways of his own heart. The way of every man is right in his own eyes. The world is guilty before God. But there was something else in the equation, and that is that God loved us. You see, love's a game changer. If it weren't for the love of God, we would have been doomed forever. If it weren't for the love of God, every last one of us under the sound of my voice, whether you are the worst sinner this world's ever known, or whether you've only dabbled in a little bit of it, we are all guilty before God. We are all sinners. And none there are none that are righteous. There are none that have not sinned. All of us stood guilty. Had it not been for the love of God, all of us would have been hopelessly lost. But God showed His love toward us in that while we were still sinners, sinners. Our problem was with God. Love is a game changer. The love of God is so powerful. The love of God is so vast. It's easy to preach on sin because then I can preach about me. It's easy to preach on selfishness because then I can preach about me. I'm familiar with selfishness. I'm familiar with sin. I can preach on those things and I can preach on them well and I can preach on them with passion, but when you ask me to preach on the vastness of the love of God, how can I understand a God that would love people who hate Him? How can I understand the love of God that would be bestowed upon us so freely when we weren't even searching, when we didn't even want it, when we didn't think we needed it, when we thought we had it all figured out and yet He loved us? It's the game changer. It is the game changer of the world. It's a game changer individually for each and every one of us. It was a game changer in my life. As I lay there thinking about killing myself on that terrible morning and my life seemed hopeless and you look at all the statistics 
that would tell you where I would go. I had no direction. I had no reason to live. I had no drive. I was tired of life. All that I knew was crime and drugs and alcohol and sin and selling drugs. I had nowhere to turn. I had no family to go to. I had nowhere. If you look at the statistics, if you look at the facts of the matter, it would seem I was hopelessly bound to a destruction that whether I killed myself now or whether it happened later, my life was all but ruined. But there was a game changer I was unaware of. And that game changer this morning was the love of God. Even when I wasn't aware of it. See, that's the power of God's love. I wasn't even aware of God's love. I didn't know that God loved me. I didn't know that God cared about me. I didn't know that God had a plan for my life. I didn't know that God was willing to forgive. I didn't even know that He existed. But even in that state, while I was yet a sinner, God loved me. And all of a sudden, something came into the equation that was a game changer in my life. This morning, God's love is a game changer. It's not just a game changer for sinners, though. Brothers and sisters, it's a game changer for you and I that are saved. Thank God for the love of God that even when we fail, even when we falter, even when we've fallen flat on our face, and it would seem statistically, it would seem when you look at the facts that we've blown it too much, that we've gone too far, that whatever we've done is inexcusable, that we could never be forgiven, that things could never be the same again. Yet there is a factor in the equation that changes the game, and it is the love of God. God says, I love you too much to leave you there. I love you too much to let you stay in your pain. I love you too much to let your life fall apart. I've got a plan for you. I am able. My love is the driving force behind all that I am, says the Lord. And my love is bigger than your failure. My love is bigger than your weakness. My love is bigger than your sin. My love is able to deliver you out of the place that you're at. God's love is a game changer this morning. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This morning, love is not only a game changer, love is active. That's what I want you to see about the love of God. It's not a feeling. It goes beyond a feeling. It is not just a passing thought. It goes beyond a thought. It is active. Christ died for us. God demonstrated His love. That means He showed us how. It means He gave us an example of it. If you've ever wondered, I just want to see the love of God. I need to know that God loves me. Get your eyes off of your circumstances. You see, our problem is we determine whether or not we can be loved by God based upon our actions. We try to figure out if I'm worthy of being loved. How well have I performed? How much do I love God? How much do I go to church? How much do I read? How much do I do this? How much do I sin? How much bad do I do? And we begin to look at ourselves and then determine ourselves whether or not I feel like I am worth loving. But God demonstrated His love. You know what a demonstration is? It's when you show somebody how. It's the evidence of. It is the proof of. It is... It is turnkey. I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to show you. Here's a demonstration. This is how it works. Demonstrations, when they're done right and when they're true, they are a powerful thing. I've probably said no to a lot of good products just because there was a poor demonstration. But when someone could show me how it works, 
when someone can explain it to me and I can see it with my eyes and I can hear it with my ears and I can experience how it works, I'm ready to purchase. The Bible says God's demonstrated His love towards us. If you want to know if God loves you, quit looking at yourself and trying to figure out if you think you're worth being loved. Quit looking around the world and saying, well, what does this world call love? Look to the cross. Look to the blood of Jesus. And realize that that was not done based upon your goodness, but while you were yet a sinner. It demonstrates, it proves that God loves you when you feel like nobody else does, He does. When you feel like nobody else cares, He cares. When you feel like nobody else knows where you're at, He knows where you're at. When you feel like there's no way out, He's the way out. He is the hope of the world because the love of God, it changes the game in our life. The love of God, it is active and it goes to work. God didn't just love us, He loved us and did something about it. You see, Christ died for us. God sent His Son into the world. You see, God was in the dilemma that we were in earlier. Guilty. Guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. And you're guilty. Guilty. Oh, but I love Him. Now I've got to do something about it because God is righteous, because He's just. He can't just do nothing. He can't just let it go. He can't just sweep it under the carpet and say, let's start over like nothing's ever happened. And He said, something has to be done. There must be a penalty. There must be a price. And His love was so deep. His love was so vast that He said, I will put into action a plan that will deliver them, that will set them free, that will allow me as God to stand righteous and say the sins have been judged and yet my love has still won. And in that way, Jesus came and He bled and He died on Calvary's cross so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven. Love is active. Love. Works. You see, real love works. Don't tell me that you love somebody you won't do anything for. Don't tell me you love this person or that person when you're not doing anything to help them. Real love works. Real love begins to devise a way. How can we make this work? How can we make this right and yet still love you and keep you out of that pain. And what can we do to change the situation? And God went to work. He said there has to be a spotless lamb. There has to be a price that's paid. There has to be a death that's valuable. There has to be a a, a cost for the sins of the world. And He looked to His own Son and said, Son, would you take upon yourself all the sins of this world and take upon their punishment so that as a righteous judge, we can, we can look at it and proclaim the debt has been paid. And God went to work. Because real love works. I want you to think about your life this morning. I'm almost done. I'm going to preach short this morning. See, love is at work in you right now. It's in working you right now. That's why you're here. He 
even when I didn't know God loved me, even when I had no care about God, even when I didn't love God, even when I was the most selfish, self-centered, arrogant, broken punk this world had ever seen, His love was working. Now, I don't mean that God, I'm not, God's not taking credit for my evilness. But God's love was still working on me. And in a moment of brokenness, I began to turn to Him the last place in the world I ever would have turned. Little did I know, God was working on me. And then I went to this church, and then I went to that church, and the love of God was working on me. God's love is always at work. It's active all the time because God is love. He cannot cease to be love. It is what He is. And the love of God is an active love. It is a working love. This very morning, you might feel like you have blown it. You might feel like God could never love you again. You might feel like you've got to work yourself into a position where you can stand righteous before God. He sang it earlier. That's what the blood is for. That's what the love of God is about. God said, I have paved the way. I have paid the price. I have made it possible. And the very fact that you sit here this morning under the sound of this preacher is the evidence that the love of God is at work in you. Because God's always working. And the love of God works. It gets it done. All too often we push it off. All too often we say no. Love does something. You see, love does not leave us without a way out. Real love makes a way out. Real love is a game changer. This morning as they come and prepare a song of invitation, aren't you grateful for the love of God? I'm going to preach on the love of God for possibly the next month and a half. This morning, there's two things we need to understand. Love is a game changer. It is the game changer of this world. It's still the game changer today. You might look around at our culture. You might look at the news. You might be discouraged. You might be weary of all the bad news that we are constantly hearing. Understand something. The love of God is the equation that you, the factor that you've got to put into the equation that changes things. God still loves this world. God still loves sinners. God is still willing to save. God is still able to do above and abundantly beyond all that we could ever ask or imagine. We are still the body of Christ. I'm telling you this morning, there is no plan B. You and I are it. We are the body of Christ and we must take the love of God to a lost and dying world. We must let them know that God's love can change your situation. It doesn't matter how dire it is. It doesn't matter what you've done. His love is enough. It could be a game changer in your life this morning. His love can be a game changer in your life this morning. Understand God's love works. You might not be able to see your way out of where you are right now, but know this, the love of God will lead you out. God will make a way. His love's able. The God who devised a plan to send His Son so that the world could be redeemed is wise enough to help you out of your mess. Trust me. His love is able. Your mess is not any bigger than the one God had on His hands when He looked at a world full of people that He loved and said, I've got to find a way to save you. Because love works. Father, let Your love renew us this morning. Let us be overwhelmed with Your love. 
Help us to get a right picture of what love looks like. God, help us to get out of our mind and out of our heart the, what this world calls love and what this culture calls love. Let us see that the real love of God, it is a game changer. There's nothing, no circumstance, no situation, nothing that we go through, nothing that our families are facing, that Your love is not powerful enough to see people out of. Love covers a multitude of sins. God, let us see Your love works. It's at work now. God, let love give birth to hope this morning in Jesus' name.